Today's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter, chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I cannot come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. The owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Word of the Lord, please be seated. Good morning. If you're visiting with us, thank you for your presence this morning. I'm uh, Mark Juliet, missions pastor here at Alali, and we're so glad that you're here and glad that everybody's here today. We are in the middle of a series uh, that is called Let Me Tell You a Story. We can hear this coming from the lips of Jesus because we're looking at many of the stories that he told, parables. Parables were these short stories that Jesus told that had a common, uh, an ordinary kind of understanding or, or um, setting to them, something that the people would have identified with, but they had a deeper meaning and they revealed something about the kingdom of heaven and the character of God. And so in that first week, we heard the parable of the workers in the vineyard. And through this parable, we heard how the last shall become first and the first shall be last. And Jesus points toward, in this parable, toward the kingdom of heaven, which values humility, which warns against envy, and which reveals the generosity and the goodness of God. The next week, we heard about the parable about the bags of gold, or as Pastor Tim pointed out, the talenta, or talents, parable of the talents. In Hebrew, the word is kabod, which means weight or heaviness, and could have referred to the weight or heaviness of God. Pastor Tim pointed to that location of the, that they would have seen and understood as the weight or heaviness of God as residing in the temple, as the Ark of the Covenant, and on top of that Ark was the mercy seat. And so the, the kabod, the weight, the heaviness, the talenta of God would have referred in this way, and perhaps in their minds, to the mercy of God. And so the, the parable then we can think of as referring to the distribution, the wide distribution of God's mercy and what we do with that, how we receive that mercy and how we share that mercy. 
Last week, we heard the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Pastor Tim pointed out that there is evil in the world. There is uh, powers that are fighting against one another. And those, those uh, powers fight within us as well. But there is God's grace and God's goodness as well. God is the ultimate judge. And so it's not up to us to be judge. Our calling is to live by faith in God's grace, to be wheat in the world. This week, we hear Jesus tell the parable of a great banquet of the dinner guests. How many of you would say you have the gift of hospitality? You like hosting people for a meal, a party. Uh, you like cooking, preparing, decorating. Let's see those hands. Come on, raise them high. Higher. There we go. Okay, I'm just trying to determine. Okay, okay. I do not have that gift, uh, but I have the gift of enjoying other people's hospitality. So I'm just kind of, you know, trying to feel it out, get a good look at all you. Uh, so if you want to invite me, that's fine. Except on one occasion, my gift of enjoying other people's hospitality it's usually pretty good, but on this occasion, I committed a rather significant faux pas. My wife and I were living in Brazil. I interned there, studied there for a while, and, we in, and interned. We were there for a total of a year and a half. And we were learning the language. This was now six, seven months in, so we were fairly fluent, but uh, still at times we missed little nuances or didn't know exactly how to say something. And in Brazil, um, when you go to somebody's house, especially for a churrasco, uh, a Brazilian barbecue, you get fed very well. And it is good. It is good, too. So you want to enjoy it as much as possible. How many of you have been to a Brazilian steakhouse Wow, a lot of you. Um, I, I actually haven't been to one here in the United States. Uh, but in, in, I understand that in a Brazilian steakhouse, well, they'll, they'll come around, right? They just keep coming around with food and uh, on the, the meat, on the skewers, and they just kind of keep putting it on your plate. And there's a huge salad bar. By the way, Brazilian potato salad is awesome. They call it mayonnaise. Uh, may, which sounds like mayonnaise, but it's potato salad. And it is, I'm getting hungry right now. Um, it's so good. Uh, but they keep coming around and putting it on your plate. At a Brazilian steakhouse, though, here in the United States, you have a little card, I understand. And if you flip it one direction, it means, yeah, keep it coming. And if you flip it the other direction, it means, okay, I've had enough. They don't have that card when you go to people's homes in Brazil. But they do have that form of hospitality where they just keep piling it on. Now, my mama always taught me to clean off my plate. And so I listened to my mom, and I want to do that. And I, I try to the best of my ability to clean off my plate. But the problem is, is when that kind of uh, upbringing collides with uh, that kind of hospitality, and you can never win. Your plate is never cleaned off. And so I, I thought, I've got to figure out a way to tell them politely, please stop. And so I thought, well, what do we say in English? 
no, thank you, I'm full. So what I did was transliterated that statement, word for word, from English to Portuguese. No obrigado, estou cheio. And so I began to use that at the end of every meal. And we, were, we would go into the homes of members of that congregation and others quite often. And, uh, and, and they would just keep piling it on. And so I would always say, no thank you, I'm full. No obrigado, estou cheio. We were in the home of a couple of the congregation where I was interning. And again, the food was fantastic. Again, they just kept coming around. Again, they just kept piling it on. And we got to that point in the meal that I was full. And so I said, no obrigado, esto cheio. Silence. I could see the gentleman was thinking, trying to determine his words to tell me something. And then he said, Pastor, I think I know what you're trying to say. But here's how it comes across in Portuguese. When you say, Estou cheio, you're saying, I'm sick of this. Estou cheio de isso. I'm up to here with it. He'd use that on so many occasions. <laughs> no wonder we didn't get any return invites. <laughs> In today's parable, we have this great banquet that is going to occur. Jesus tells this story of a certain man who, who throws this, this great banquet. And it must have been quite a party. I mean, the list must have been huge. The, the food must have been plentiful. And the word went out uh, with an invitation to, to many people. It's kind of like a save the date card, you know, that now you get, you know, save the date. And then the, the next invitation comes after that. But first there's the initial invite that just put it on your calendar. So that's kind of what went out at first. As the servants went out and they said, look, our master's, he's having a party. So put, mark it on your calendars. Put it in your, put it in your, uh, your smartphone. And, and so that's what they did. And then came the celebration. And so the servants went out again. And they said to those people that had been invited, the party is now. The food is prepared. The banquet table is set. The party is about to begin. Come to the party. But one by one, word came back. They weren't coming. One said, I have bought a piece of land and I must go look at it. I'm sorry I cannot come. Another said, I have just purchased some oxen and I must go try them out. I cannot come. Another said, I've just been married. I cannot come. We had a song that we sang in my Sunday school that was based on this parable. Maybe some of you know it too. If you know it, go ahead and feel free to sing along. If not, you can just clap. 
I cannot come. I cannot come to the banquet. Don't trouble me now. I have married a wife. I have bought me a cow. Gary was a couple years older than me. Gary thought, he was a kid as well, Gary thought it would be funny to interchange the words cow and wife. I cannot come, I cannot come to the banquet, don't trouble me now, I have married a cow. We would wait with bated breath for what would happen next. Would Gary get in big trouble this time or just a little bit of trouble? And so every time we would snicker waiting for whatever was to happen to happen. Finally, it had happened so many times it became tradition. And Gary would stand up loud and proud and he would just belt out the wrong words in the wrong spot. And we'd all have a good laugh. Not exactly acceptable. (laughs) Nor were the excuses given by those in this parable. You see, a person that had bought a piece of land would first inspect that land and then they would buy it. But the person in the parable that Jesus tells says the person bought the land and then they went or said they had to go and inspect it. Same with the oxen. They would have tried them out already. But in the parable it says they bought them and now I must go try them out. And the person is not getting ready for a wedding. The person is already married. And so the hearers of this parable would have understood that these excuses were lame, unacceptable. And so the man who's throwing this party, this great banquet in the parable, becomes indignant with these responses. And he says to his servants, Go out into the roads and the alleyways. Not exactly the most glamorous of places. And invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. These terms, these people would have been synonymous with those who who don't have much. Those who who cannot throw a banquet like this. Those who are maybe undesired, unwelcome. The servants do this, and presumably a lot of those people come. But a servant comes up to the man and he says, we've done this, but there is still room at your table. And so the the man throwing the party says, go further to the roads and to the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were originally invited will get a taste of my banquet. This parable comes amidst Jesus' teaching that God's grace extends far and wide. 
including people and places that their society did not deem as worthy or important. Jesus tells this story while sitting at dinner at the home of a Pharisee, which was a religious leader. And here Jesus has been invited, and presumably others. But he says to the man, the next time you throw a party, don't just invite your friends, or your family, or your wealthy neighbors. Invite the poor, the lame, the crippled, the blind, and you will be blessed. Though they cannot repay you, Jesus said, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. In Luke chapter 15, this, this parable is in Luke chapter 14, the banquet that Jesus is at, Luke chapter 14. In the next chapter, Luke chapter 15, there's a series of parables that Jesus tells about something that was lost and then found. The lost sheep. The woman with the lost coin, the parable of the prodigal son. In each one of these, there is a joyous celebration that follows that which was lost being found and returned. If we understand today's parable and these other parables as metaphors for God's grace, we can see how they show God's heart for those who are least. For those who are on the outside. For those that are forgotten. And then, how they reveal God's joy when welcoming them into his celebration. It also shows God's disappointment and indignation with those who have been invited and should come but don't, because they're either too busy, occupied with their own concerns, or they're ambivalent towards God's beckoning. As with all of these parables that Jesus tells, they invite the hearer to hear it for themselves in their own context. How do you hear this parable? Do you see yourself in this story? Do you identify with one character or another? What is your response? This parable can be both convicting and comforting. If, like the people on the original guest list, you take God's invitation for granted... And make excuses as to why you can't enter into God's banquet of grace. It is convicting. If, like those in the story, however, who gladly came and opened themselves up to God's goodness and entered into his joy, then this is indeed good news to you. What is your concept God's grace. How does it compare to the invitation of the one who gives the banquet 
in this parable. You see, the problem is not the seed, that the seating at God's table is limited. It's that our concept of God's welcome is inadequate. God's grace is immense. It's people's hearts which tend to be small. So if you see yourself as unworthy of God's invitation, hear today God's good news to you. There is a seat at the table for you. By the invitation of the one who throws the party, you are welcome. God rejoices when each person hears the invitation and comes into this celebration of his grace and his mercy and his goodness. And that invitation comes to us each new day. God inviting us into his goodness. God welcoming us into his presence. Come, he says. And he beckons us. Enter into what I have for you. This table before you. Open up your hearts. There is a seat for you. And there is a seat for those that are to your left and to your right. Those that, that you come in contact with. Those who maybe you wonder about. Those who maybe you don't have a heart for or have trouble accepting. There is a seat for them because God's invitation goes far and wide. God's grace is immense. So let us pray that our hearts continually be open by God's mercy. That we can respond to the invitation ourselves. And that we can share that invitation with others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, You have set a great banquet table, a banquet table of your grace and mercy. And Lord, you extend the invitation far and wide to places, some unknown, some that we would not even expect to go. Lord, your invitation extends far and wide. Your grace is immense. There is a seat at the table for everyone. Lord, help us not to be like those who received the invitation but then made excuses and said, I'm sorry, I, I have other things, I cannot come. Lord, let us hear that invitation and come gladly. Each new day, let us come into your presence. So that grace, and that mercy may infiltrate our hearts and that we, as the servants were sent out, may also be bearers of that invitation and that welcome to come 
come to your banquet. For we pray in your name. Amen.